check. You knew that was coming. It's heat check time. Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast. I'm your host, John Gonzalez, joined once more after a couple of weeks off with uh, other work concerns. He is back in the fold. Isaac Lee is here. It's good to be back, Gons. Yes, we have many, many things to discuss. Uh, We're doing an emergency podcast here from LA after just learning that LeBron James has signed a four-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. That's very exciting for the Lakers and less exciting for teams not named the Lakers that were hopeful to get LeBron. So we're going to get into a lot of that. But first, content on the ringer. KOC has a piece on LeBron signing with the Lakers. You're going to want to read that. We also have a running blog from all the free agency madness over the weekend. That That's courtesy of uh, Haley O'Shaughnessy and Justin Verrier and Paolo and the whole team. So you're going to want to go and check that out on the ringer.com. I also wrote a piece about Paul George re-upping with the Thunder on a three-year deal with a player option in year four. And of course, we've got NBA Desktop with Jason Concepcion and Bill Simmons. His podcast will be up. You're, you're going to want to listen to that. And Bill's going to join us later in the program to talk about all of the LeBron ripple effects, how it affects teams in the East, what he wants to see happen. And then after that, Justin Verrier will join the program to talk about everything that isn't LeBron James related. But first, of course, the big news, LeBron James. And for that, we need a big guest. Boom, shakalaka. He's heating up. He's on fire. All right, joining me on the other line for an emergency edition of the Heat Check podcast from Sources Say, from The Watch, from Ringer FC. It's Chris Ryan from his house on what I believe is the last landline in all of Los Angeles. Chris Ryan, does this, when we called you, did it go directly back to 2002? It's the LeBron bat phone. I've had it all these years just for this occasion. (laughs) Thank God you still have it. You really saved me. Uh, Chris, I was getting ready to do the podcast. I had a very leisurely podcast set up where we were going to discuss Paul George and uh, Nas and parties and all this nonsense. Blown up. LeBron James signs a new deal. Uh, He's going to go to the Los Angeles Lakers, as we all anticipated. Four years, $154 million with an opt-out clause after three years we were expecting this, I suppose, but there were some rumblings earlier today that he was his people at least were going to take some meetings with the Sixers. Obviously, that was for nothing. It, it was what all it what it, this is what it was always going to be. Yeah. So you say we expected this. I was a little bit surprised by the length of the contract, and I know that three years. It's the three years here, but LeBron has maintained maximum flexibility ever since he left Miami. And I think I was a little bit thrown off by the fact that this is exactly what people had sort of imagined for him. But then as the season sort of played itself out, I think we all thought, okay, LeBron's going to keep always having this, this absolute maximum flexibility. He's never going to get nailed down to one place. But maybe he saw what happened with Cleveland, which is that if you keep doing that, it makes it impossible to plan for the future. This deal is the final chapter, man. He wrote it. He is coming to Los Angeles. This is going to be where he plays the last years of his prime, supposedly. I mean, God knows with LeBron, he could be great until he's in his 40s. I'd love to see how he does that because I need the information. Yeah. But I, I think that what that's what's jumping out at me is the commitment. You know, it's the commitment and it's saying, this is where the final act of my career is going to take place, for better or for worse. He has two homes in Brentwood. Like this was, we saw this coming. I I think you're right that the length of the deal maybe was somewhat surprising. But um, for all of us who were hoping like, hey, you know, maybe Houston will be in the mix or maybe the Sixers will be in the mix or who knows, like maybe he'll decide that he's going to stay in Cleveland. Uh, Like this is something that has been talked about in the NBA since 
you know, before last finals last year, not this this past one, but a year ago, and everybody was whispering about it and talking about it. I guess what, like the part that made me think maybe not is because Paul George decided to stay in OKC. We're still not sure what's happening with Kawhi. I thought like maybe that might give him a little bit of pause, but I, evidently not. I, I guess he thinks I'm either going to figure out a way to get Kawhi to the Lakers. And as, we, as we're as we talking right now, uh, late on a Sunday night, Woj reported that uh, as trade talks have unfolded, Kawhi Leonard's focus has changed. He now wants to be a Laker because he saw LeBron James sign uh, with L.A., but I thought like maybe LeBron would go, okay, well, I, I'm not sure that the pieces are in place yet, so m- perhaps I'll have to think about it, but clearly not. Well, and this is the thing. So you're talking about pieces in place. We also have to think about the pieces that aren't on the board because it's not like Kawhi found out about this from Woj. Right. Uh, we have to think about what are the orchestrations happening behind the scenes? Uh, what is Kawhi? How, what kind of contact might there be right now in terms of, I don't, I'm not saying, God forbid I ever accuse the Lakers of tampering. Yeah. But you have to wonder about what is the three-point plan for success here. Is it really just LeBron and the kids? Because that would go counter to what LeBron has typically done in his career. He's usually surrounded himself with veterans and at least one sidekick that can call himself an all-star. Uh, that would be Kawhi. We thought it might be Paul George. Obviously, something happened where Paul George just really fell in love with the summer hype house and decided to stay in OKC. I think that's the thing that I'm really most curious about. We knew that LeBron was probably going to go to Los Angeles. What we don't know is what the Lakers are going to look like next season. Yeah, I'm looking at their roster right now. Obviously, uh, they've got to figure out what they're going, what they're doing with Julius Randle, who's on the market now. Uh, in a deal, though, that you were got, let's just say that you know they are obviously interested in Kawhi Leonard, because if you pair LeBron and Kawhi, automatically you have an amazing defense and now you're off and running, but how do you get Kawhi, right? And I think like in any deal without Brandon Ingram in that deal, if I'm the Spurs, I'm hanging up on them. I mean, it would have to at least start there. And then beyond that, what do you do about Lonzo? Like, because part of me thinks you know, Lonzo, his defense came along. He's not a guy who is is like super hold on to the ball. He's sort of hot potato with the ball as a, as a passer. So that's a positive thing. He keeps the ball moving. His shooting is suspect, though. So I wonder if he has to be moved out as well. Well, for one thing, here's the thing I've been thinking about, the, the Lonzo thing, is we don't really consider the fact that LeBron is not only like an incredible basketball player and an incredible basketball mind, but also something of a protector of the legacy of the NBA. And I wouldn't be surprised the more I thought about it. It wouldn't surprise me if he was like, I'm actually going to fix this Lonzo thing. Like, I'm going to bring this kid under my wing. This kid has a lot of the same skills that I had when I was coming into this league. This sort of positionless, incredible vision, has a lot of raw tools, but has to put them together. And I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron, if if he's making this commitment to the Lakers, it wouldn't shock me if he was like, Lonzo can stay, and we can figure all this out. Um, can LeVar stay that, in that scenario? Or does well, that's the thing. Is like, I don't know if you can predict it. I don't know if you can turn down the volume on it. And it depends on... If I'm LeBron, I'm just like... The same thing for Luke Walton. I'm just like, you can't control LeVar, so don't try. And let things take care of themselves. Lonzo's more or less an adult. Like He has to make his own decisions about the relationship he has to his family. It's hardly... I just don't think that LeBron arriving in Los Angeles is an automatic Lonzo's ticket is punched out of town. Is it an automatic? Brandon Ingram, on the other hand, I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that's, there's so much we don't know right now because I, I don't think that this is LeBron James going, well, I couldn't get PG and I may or may not be able to get Kawhi. So I'm just going to go and this is going to be a lifestyle choice for me. I want to be in LA because uh, I've got these other outside basketball business concerns with uninterrupted and, um, you know, entertainment. And, you know, there's all these rumors about Space Jam 2 and all this stuff. I don't think it's that. I think he still sees, especially if he's going to go to the West, I think he still thinks, okay, these are the end of my prime years. I'm going to take one more run at it. And he's always thinking ahead. I mean, when he went to Cleveland, there were a lot of went back to Cleveland, rather, there were still shoes to drop, right? I mean, they had to trade Wiggins and they ended up picking up Love and, uh, you know, putting this team together on the fly. And I'd be shocked if he hadn't thought this through and had contingency plans or several, actually, for Paul George going, yeah, I'm good. And even if they couldn't get Kawhi, I'm sure he's got contingency plans. There must be something in place here in his head where he goes, yeah, this team's probably not good enough as is even with me. So this is what we need to do to maneuver. So that was one of the interesting things that I was thinking about. I was revisiting because it's just the incredibly anticlimactic way this was announced with an unverified Twitter account belonging to Clutch making this announcement. And then everybody reports the details immediately. And you remember back with that Lee Jenkins piece, part of what LeBron was saying was not only coming back to Cleveland somewhat to right the wrongs of the decision, but also to build a winning culture there. And I think that he did that. They went to the finals. Uh, they went to the finals multiple times during his time in Cleveland, and they won one. But I don't know necessarily that he ever created or helped create uh, an infrastructure for success going forward. And I think that that would be actually the thing that would be most impressive for him coming to Los Angeles outside of whether Space Jam happens or what deals uh, Spring Hill managed to make with like HBO while they're here or whatever, you know, just, I'm just saying like, yeah. I have no idea what, what the, the show business stuff that they would do is, but that would be the major thing is if he came here, made them immediately relevant, made them an immediate title contender and fostered the next generation of Los Angeles Lakers stars to learn how to play title winning basketball. That's kind of to me, the the team building LeBron is the one that I'm kind of most curious to see. I don't know if that's what we're going to get though. I would like, if that's the scenario then I'd love for them to figure out a way to keep Brandon Ingram. I mean, maybe the, the way they keep Brandon Ingram is that they don't, come to some sort of accord with the Spurs in order to get Kawhi. Because again, I can't I can't imagine a world where they somehow um, pry Kawhi away from the Spurs without also including Brandon Ingram in the deal. But I would love to see what Brandon Ingram looks like with LeBron because last year, especially when Lonzo was out, he looked great. I mean, like he was running a lot of point in that scenario and he had a ton of agency and Luke Walton was empowering him. And all of a sudden, like we were starting to see Brandon Ingram's game progress. And I think like, obviously with LeBron on your team, that's going to help you. I mean, that's like, it's going to be fantastic to play alongside a guy like that, to see his work ethic, to see how he prepares. And then also he's going to take a lot of heat off you on the court. And I just, I would love to see what he looks like next to LeBron. Here's also what I want to see. How patient can Rob and Magic and LeBron be? Because right now, you can go into next season with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and KCP and whatever other pieces you have, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, and you can probably, is that a 50-win team? I, I don't know. I think it's close, right? And now everybody would say, yeah, but you need another all-star. That would require getting rid of that young core. Depending on how you feel about that young core, it doesn't really matter, but that would require that now. Not next season, though. 
Well, that, because that, next season Ka- Kawhi is a free agent, and next season Kevin Durant is a free agent, and next season DeAndre Jordan is a free agent, and next season you never know what can happen. And that's the thing that I will be most curious to see about over the next few weeks is do the Lakers keep their powder dry? Or do they immediately try to build Superstar Central at Staples? This is very interesting. I mean, it, it, it has some like James Dolan-y Knicks uh, with Carmelo whiffs where they, you know, like they could have just waited and instead they got panicky and decided no. Now, the flip side is, and I think like everything you just said makes a lot of sense. It's very intriguing, right? Where the Lakers go, okay, we're the Lakers. Like we're going to, we just got LeBron. It's going to be a destination. We don't need to offload some of these young guys. What we're going to do is wait. And next Next year, we're guaranteed to get one of those uh, big name free agents that you just rattled off to come and play with LeBron because not only is it LeBron, but now it's LeBron in LA with the Lakers. This is easy. This is a layup for us, and we don't have to we don't have to give up anything massive either. And I'm looking at their pick allotment right now. They don't have any extra picks coming in except for a 2019 second round pick uh, from Chicago, and they've got a 2019 going out to Sacramento. So they're basically even on that front. So if they were going to go and get a Kawhi now, they'd have to forfeit something and handicap themselves for the future. And we know that in previous with previous LeBron teams, he's been fine with that. But if they do just wait, now all of a sudden that could really be something. I mean, yeah, they get into the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Yeah. They could get into the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes. Dude, I mean, maybe setting your sights on Kawhi right now, I don't know, maybe that's exactly what the Spurs want them to do. I have no idea. I have no inside <laughs> information about that. But like, when you think about it, it's like the Spurs just saying, we're, we, you know, letting it out a little bit. Like, we don't want to trade him in the Western Conference. We don't want to trade him to, to the, the Lakers. And that would be devastating for them to trade their franchise player to the Lakers essentially setting up a new dynasty in Los Angeles as the last act of Pop and Buford. I think that would be pretty surprising. But how patient can the Lakers be? Because if you wait, a lot of these, I just think that this is the new normal. All these big stars are always going to be making themselves available, whether through free agency or pre-agency. So you can get these guys. It's just about whether or not you have the pieces to get them and who actually do you need or want. Yeah, and how patient can you be is a big thing. But then, so let me play devil's advocate, though. So the flip side is, you know, a year ago, the Lakers were saying this about Paul George, right? Where they were like, well, just wait. You know, uh, Sam Presti went and traded Sabonis and Oladipo and picked up Paul George, and everybody figured it was going to be a one-year rental. And Paul George came through L.A. and talked about the fans chanting for him and how much he loved it, and he's from the area. And everybody just thought it was a foregone conclusion that this was going to be a team-up with LeBron. And all of a sudden, he decides, nah, I'm going to go to that house party in Oklahoma City with Nas, and he stays there. So, like, if they really want Kawhi, isn't it possible that all of a sudden Kawhi gets traded somewhere else and decides... Nope, I'm not coming. I mean, yes, there are a bunch of other names that you rattled off, but that would be the one I think that would be the biggest boom. Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Kawhi automatically makes them the Death Star. I think Kawhi and LeBron is the is the first two pieces in the ingredients for the, the Warriors killing Stu. I just don't know if those two alone are enough, and I don't know what else you can scrap together if you trade essentially the team for Kawhi Leonard. So there's uh, our friend KOC before the whole uh, news broke about LeBron put together. The Lakers were running out a little bit of uh, options and floated the idea of potentially signing Boogie coming off an Achilles to say a two-year max. Uh, Boogie, obviously previously LeBron had said is the best big man in the game. Now circumstances have changed. Big men coming off of injuries, not good generally. 
Would you take yeah, them? Yeah, and I also, they just re-signed KCP, so right. I don't really know if they have enough money to even entice Boogie. Because Boogie's probably looking at someone trying to give him uh, a fat but short deal, right? Yeah, I think that's probably and they don't right. want to be overcommitted if they're, if they're dealing with a guy who's never going to be the same after his Achilles injury. But I don't know if the Lakers actually have enough money to get Boogie now. Yeah, that's, I mean... It'll be really interesting to see how they figure out a way. Like if they decide not to to offload some of these young guys and go pick up Kawhi now, what they do to put some like pad out the team around LeBron for this year while they're waiting potentially for next year. But it's still a critical offseason. I mean, like they landed obviously, clearly, the biggest name in free agency. They're the Lakers, they're back. This is amazing for them. Um, but they're not all the way there yet, right? They still have a lot of, of other moves to go, but it, it's it's the biggest win for them, and and it's fantastic. I wonder, though, um, Chris, like, what do you think, like, legacy-wise for LeBron, like, joining the Lakers, what does that set him up for uh, in terms of, like, how we think about him? Are we, like, is this, because this is the final uh, main push for him, are we going to, in the end, start thinking about him as a Laker? Does it ma- Does it depend on... You know, whether he wins a championship, like the the Lakers have such a big marquee. I wonder if now all of a sudden everything else is blotted out. I think he's post team. I think for as much as we think of Michael Jordan as the iconic player of that era, I still associate him with bold colors. And you still think about him with Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen and everybody else. Um, I think that you're going to look at LeBron as the paradigm shift to post team NBA guys who are just who are taking their their entities, you know, like whether you want to call it a brand or their their organizations or even just like their services and talents and and they're using it at the maximum leverage point to get what they want out of the game, whether that's titles, whether that's a better standard of living in different parts of the country. And the old ways of thinking about teams of like we drafted <laughs> this guy and we just made a ten year run with Iverson and it went the way it went, that's over. That's a wrap now. And that that's how I think LeBron will be remembered no matter what happens with Los Angeles. Yeah, player No matter movement. if Los Angeles is like a third, a three seed that gets beaten in the, in the conference semis next season. I, I don't think it's going to, I don't think we'll ever worry about whether LeBron was a Laker, a Cav, or a Heat player. What do you think the... Uh, and if he wins titles with all three, that might be in and of itself one of the great accomplishments in pro sports. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. What do you think the... Um, Cause there was this, there was this like sort of obstinate Laker fan strain. And there was some of it in Philly too, while people were like, you know, we don't want LeBron. It's a homegrown thing. And let, like, let's just, let's just keep going with the process and, and building with, you know, our own guys. There were some Laker fans who didn't want LeBron because, you know, it's always been Kobe's team before that it was magic's team. And, it, you know, those guys were like traditional Lakers. What do you think they're thinking? Like the, the Kobe stands right now. How do you think they feel about this? That'll be pretty interesting. Uh, I, the Kobe fans are probably going to be keying off of Kobe, um, and that will depend on whether or not LeBron uh, and Kobe work well together. I don't, I don't really know a lot about their relationship, where they're both Nike guys. You know, they're both uh, very driven individuals. Um, I don't think that Kobe was going to 
at a certain point, they were going to have to come to grips with the Kobe legacy and kind of be like, for this team to succeed, it can't just be like, you guys are never going to be as good as Kobe. Uh, and the Lakers have a long history of an amazing, amazing players yeah. before and after, not, well, maybe not after Kobe, but at least before him. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. I think LA is a star town and they're really hungry for that team to matter. It's going to. I mean, it's going to be an absolute... It's always a circus because it's the Lakers and people always show out and turn up uh, for those games. I'm kind of into it this year because this feels like... This This is taking me back to... Uh, like when ESPN launched the heat index yeah. and the entire basketball world like turned to look at one place. When he went back to Cleveland, it felt like this feels right. This is heartwarming. It's Kyrie. They'll probably be pretty good. And they had the drama and it was David Blatt and, you know, fit in and fit out. And obviously Kyrie left. Like they had the drama, but it didn't have, this is new. You know, yeah. this feels like uncharted territory and I'm kind of excited. It's a, it's a great time to be writing and thinking about basketball and talking about basketball because it gives us something new to talk about. We were a little bit frustrated with that. You know, we, we kind of put all of our eggs in the Houston rocket basket and it's cool to talk about the unicorns and it's cool to talk about like whether or not Devin Booker and, and Deandre Ayton will get to 35 wins next year, but it's more interesting to talk about LeBron James on the friggin' Lakers. And as an addendum to that, we definitely are not headed for Warriors Cavaliers five. So congratulations to everybody who likes basketball. We're finally out from under that. So obviously the Lakers are the big winners here because they signed LeBron. Who's the loser? Who's the big loser? Because they didn't get LeBron. Well, first of all, I think Cleveland is immediately in the, like, yeah. the 10 seed, right? Depending on what they wind up keeping, who knows? But, you know, they could just strip it, try to strip everything for parts. Uh, I'd be curious to see whether or not Kevin Love becomes a trade piece now. So Cleveland, obviously, from multiple finals trips in a row to maybe out of the playoffs, probably out of the playoffs. Uh, another loser, I think, would have to be Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they don't, I don't think they got jerked at all, but... I think just in the in the long tail of the last couple of months of this franchise and star hunting and trading, you know, Mikhail for Zaire to get a little bit of money and to get the, it, it, all this stuff to happen, get the 2021 pick to become a player in this. I, you got you had to feel like that was to be a player in this in this off season. And the Kawhi chapter is not closed yet, but Philly not getting LeBron, even if it was a really long shot, is you still feel bad about that. Um, I'm trying to think of who else would be a loser here because the Lakers, uh, because the NBA is a winner here because the Lakers are relevant and that's just going to make more people interested in the league. Yeah, I think Houston funny. has to be considered a little bit of a loser. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they I, seem they seem now they're kind of like we're going to go again with the guys we had last year and hope Chris Paul stays healthy through the playoffs. And minus one because they lost Ariza, and I know that he's older now, and I'm sure that Maury's got a bunch of guys that uh, you know he thinks he can plug in there and and be fine. But look down on Ariza for his defense and also three point shooting on a team that jacks a ton of threes. Like that sucks for them. That's like one fewer guy that they can go and battle the Warriors with. Um, but I, I agree with you that I think uh, obviously Cleveland, that's the end of their run. It was fun. You got the championship. The 52-year uh, drought ended. Good for Cleveland. The Sixers, on the one hand, I go, okay, well, you know, like they wanted to put themselves in position to take meetings with LeBron. They took a meeting with his reps, uh, but they do still have Simmons and Embiid, so they are still in good shape. However... Like you see the power dynamics shift so rapidly and they didn't get Paul George and they didn't get LeBron. And now it's like, do they go and overpay for Kawhi? Do they have to go and overpay for Kawhi? 
Yeah. I don't know. I really, I mean, Ramona just tweeted that the Lakers had felt a sense of urgency this week to find a co-star for LeBron, either PG or Kawhi. However, when Magic spoke to James late Saturday, he assured them this was a long-term plan that his decision wouldn't be affected by a transaction they could make under a time pressure. That suggests maybe he's comfortable going through a season without a, without a, a, a certified all-star at his side. That would be good by me because then maybe that gets Kawhi to the Sixers. I would really like to see Kawhi to the Sixers. Uh, although then there's the caveat of is it, what kind of assurances are you going to get, if any, by going and uh, trading for him? Or do you have to do sort of a Sam Presti, Tribe Called Quest, scared money, don't make none gamble where you're yeah. going and picking them up and just hoping for the best. And in order to do that, you're probably going to have to get rid of some combination of Fultz and Sarge and Covington and that 2021 unprotected. And even then, I'm not sure if it gets done. Yeah, outside of uh, outside of what, what the Lakers do, I'm always curious to see what the next move is because these are relatively competitive people. You know, I mean, Sam Presti, quoting Tribe Called Quest aside, he actually did push his chips in and sacrifice the long-term financial flexibility of the Oklahoma City Thunder for freaking Carmelo Anthony yeah. because he thought that that would give him a shot in the Western Conference playoffs to go along with Paul George, and it was a bad move. So I think that you see, you're going to see around the league a bunch of competitive people being like, I'm not going to get owned by Rob Polinka. I'm going to go after it. You know what I mean? And whatever that means, whether that means putting Godfather offers on the table for Kawhi Leonard, whether it means starting the Anthony Davis sweepstakes now or doing whatever it is. I mean, for a Boston, you can say, hey, we like our guys. We like this team with Gordon and Kyrie coming back. We'll see you in the finals, baby. They're obviously the odds-on favorite to go to the finals from the East. But I don't know about other teams. What's Masai going to do? What's Neil Olshay going to do? What's Brett Brown and the Frankenstein Sixers front office going to do? What's Pat Riley going to do? Are they all just going to sit out and wait until Kevin Durant's up next year? Or is there something else brewing that we don't even know about? It's going to be fascinating to watch. It's both exciting and a little bit of a bummer because uh, it's exciting because, as you said, uh, LeBron to the Lakers. The Lakers are relevant again. It's great for the league. It's great for all of us who love basketball. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens in terms of their team building. Do they wait? Do they uh, try to go aggressively after somebody to pair with LeBron right now? And then what are the ripple effects there? But a little bitter because... Uh, it would have been nice. Philadelphia would have been nice. I did. Like there was a, a very obviously small percentage chance, but I was ho- holding out hope. But you're, you know, you're the LeBron of of the ringer, so we have you at least. <laughs> I am entering my twilight. That's you're, for sure. You're, you're jumping off of cliffs in Anguilla. It's uh, fantastic. Uh, Chris Ryan on your landline. Thank you for doing this. You'll be on what group chat this week? Ringer FC, all that stuff. Yeah, and then we're going to Vegas. So uh, we'll see. We'll see you guys in the desert. Uh, there will be nothing to talk about out there. Fantastic. Thanks, Chris. All right, that's Chris Ryan. Be sure to check him out later on in the week uh, on a bunch of other podcasts. But now to bring in the boss man, Bill Simmons. All right, joining me on the other line, uh, got a text message from him immediately saying that he needed to chat about everything that had happened with LeBron James. So we bring him in. He runs the joint. It's Bill Simmons. It's just us down east, guys. That's it. <laughs> Everybody else is gone. And then there was two. How, how do you how do you feel about this? So first of all, I feel like LeBron got out of the east like just in time. It was like this was the year to get out. He, he got through one last time, beat the Celts in Boston in seven. It would not have happened next year with the team he had. And he might not have even gotten by Philly. 
you know, kind of thrown to be assumed by one of the two teams. But I, I really wanted to beat them one time on the Cavs. The Celtics had in, I think they had lost the, the last four yeah. against the Cavs, and then he just kind of took off. So I, I feel I feel a, a, a bit cheated, but, you know, anyone who could read the tea leaves on this stuff knew that the Lakers were incredibly likely for a year. So I can't say I was shocked. You and KOC were talking about it at let not this past finals, but a year ago, the finals. Yeah. It was like, uh, we were in Cleveland. I think it was before game three. Maybe it was somewhere around there, but yeah, it was last year. We've been talking about it for a year. And, you know, there were, there were little breadcrumbs that were being sprinkled. And, uh, we even, I went out with Phil on my podcast in February. We kind of laid through all the signs and, you know, stuff like when they when they threw the life raft at Contavious Caldwell Paul for eighteen million dollars <laughs> for one year, he's a clutch client. Yeah. Um there was like seven of those. And at some point you have to look at it and go, Are we gonna feel like idiots if LeBron goes to the Lakers? But you know, even at the even at the eleventh hour all this stuff, there it you know, he met with Philly. That felt like a window dressing meeting to save face for Philly and all that stuff. But there's still a small part of me that was like what if he just looks at this and goes, what am I doing? I'm going to go to the Lakers. We don't have a chance really to win. And what if I get hurt in two years and I want to play in the finals again? Maybe I'll just go to the best team and just change his mind last minute. But uh, but it was apparent that he was locked in from the get-go because he just committed without anybody else going with him. So obviously this is something that they've wanted to do for a while. Yeah, there's a lot of other things uh, that could happen. You know, Maybe they go and move some of the young guys out. And bring in a Kawhi or somebody else, or maybe they do wait, and and LeBron is cool with that. And I'm, I'm sure he's already thought about it. But uh, this is something that I was just thinking about. Are are you ready? Because I'm not sure that I am. Are you ready for a finals without LeBron in it? Or will we get it again? I mean, if they get Kawhi, if they can figure out how to get him, if they can spin Lonzo into another asset, or if Lonzo dogs like there's. It's not inconceivable that they could make it next year. Get a couple of buyout guys. My headspace has been more just trying to wrap my head about around now that it's actually happening. LeBron as a winter and just what that's going to look like and feel like, and how the fans are going to respond to him and all that stuff. Because you know the, the Lakers have had it both ways. They've had the guys stay there the whole career, retire. They've had guys come in midway through their primes. They've had guys come before their primes. They've had guys come at the tail end of their friends, like Bo Chamberlain. This is just not somebody that feels like he belongs to them. And yeah. The Celtics had a little bit of a taking away in that first 2007-2008 season. Now, those guys hadn't won anything yet, but it didn't really feel like our team until 2009-2010, after we had had a chance to root for them for a couple of years. You know, The first year was like, we'd put together some fantasy team, you know, and it didn't feel like it was the real team. They're wearing the uniforms, but we hadn't built up any real attachment to those guys other than peers. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's just a different experience to have this hired gun come into your team and, and basically be the best guy on it. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, hey, I'll be interested to see how they respond. Cause they're used to watching these guys kind of either grow up or, you know, a little more rhyme or reason to it. I wonder how much that actually matters to like, to, you know, and I'm doing like air quotes here, Lakers fans, because, you know, they tend to be, yeah, like there's a Lakers fan group, but then there's, you know, across the country, people who identify as Lakers fans, even though like they don't really have 
some sort of like geographical attachment to it or some familiar familial attachment to it they just sort of like pick the right. lakers because the lakers like with you and the celtics in boston it's a bunch of fucking maniacs in boston who love all their True. boston teams and similarly True. with philly so i just like i wonder if they just don't go eh, this is great it's lebron of course we got him it's fucking la and it's the lakers and we deserve this i think that's how it's going to play out i think that's that's what we're going to have and especially if you can bring Kawhi with them and they're an instant contender and stuff like that i think the general feeling is going to be, this is great. Awesome. You know, you have somebody, I don't know how many, I don't know how many more great years he has. You know, we, I actually thought, I, I thought we were already, the number was already too high heading into this year. And he had, you know, the player performance he had, I thought was probably the best he's ever had. But, you know, it could be two years, could be three, whatever. It's still the thousands now. I think the second best player of all time. And they went from five straight years of just being nothing to having this guy. I'm interested. The COVID has been very diplomatic so far, but yeah, that that's going to be a fun storyline too. The thing is there's so many fun storylines with this. It's fun to have them in the West. It's fun to have them in LA. It's going to be fun to see what kind of team they build. Kobe's reactions will be fun. Magic, you know, God only knows what kind of more tampering he's been capable of. I, I, think, <laughs> I think he's already broken some tampering, uh, tampering checkpoints already. But, uh, you know, the Paul George thing, I'd rather have Kawhi. And I think if you have LeBron and Kawhi, it's pretty easy to figure out the rest of the team after that. You're always going to have people that are going to want to play there. I agree with that. Like, I, I think when I said to you, are you ready to have a finals without LeBron? That was, you know if they don't get Kawhi, right? If they, if it's just this team, I don't think LeBron plus the team that's already in place with, you know, wh whatever like spare parts they might be able to cobble together is enough to get past yeah. the Warriors. Now, if they go out and get Kawhi, all bets are off. That's an amazing team. And now you've got a conversation that should be had. But you did text me uh, on my way in as I was, you know, hurling down the, the 10 to get to work uh, to do this emergency podcast. You texted me and said, this means the Sixers have to overpay for Kawhi. And I kind of yeah. laughed because I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think that whatever they were going to throw at it, they were going to throw at it anyway. Why do you think they need to overpay now? Because they have cap space. Because I thought they were the most talented team in the East last year. They weren't ready. They weren't ready to, They, you know, they needed the reps. They didn't have them yet. But if, MB, if they can get eight to nine months out of Embiid again, Simmons is going to take another jump up. And then you add Kawhi to all the other pieces they have. I still am a false believer. I, I I think they're going to get something out of him next year. And then you have the East wide open. Why not overpay for Kawhi? Like why why not pay a hundred twenty cents on the dollar if you feel like you know you can kind of snag him away from the Lakers? I think the Lakers Ingram obviously is a prize. They have unprotected first round picks, but LeBron's in their team, so I don't really know what that's worth. And then. Kuzma, like he played well for two months, didn't. Not like he really finished finished the second half of the year that that strongly. And then Lonzo is just the most polarizing trade value guy in the league. Yeah. I've heard so many very, very things with him. I just think the Sixers could put together a better package. And then on top of it, perfect team for him. I think it's a better fit. You know, I, I think putting him with Embiid and Simmons and, and some of the other pieces they have, that's a scary team. I actually hope that doesn't happen, but you know, if they, if they come up empty and we've already had a lot of uh, free agents ink up already and they have all this cap space, 
I don't know. I, I don't think treading water is great for the Sixers. I, I'm a big believer in when you have two of the best 15, 16, 17 guys in the league, no matter what their ages are, you, you there at least has to be a tiny bit of urgency. You know, they have a chance to make the finals. I don't know why they wouldn't want to, you know, move heaven and earth to try to get Kawhi. You don't agree with me on this? No, no, no. I like... I think like the idea of what I'm 1000% behind what, what Brett was saying about like, they need more, right? Cause I look at the Celtics and I go, they just don't have, the Sixers don't have enough to get past the Celtics, especially when you guys are going to add uh Kyrie and Gordon to your team for, yeah. for nothing. I mean, like they're already behind. And then on top of that, you're adding two all-stars. So yes, they do absolutely need more. And I think you're right about Brandon Ingram. If the Lakers wanted to throw Brandon Ingram at the equation and trying to ca- pry Kawhi away from the Spurs, is better than any single player that the Sixers could offer. However, you're right that the Sixers have a lot more assets and can put together a better package. I wonder, like, how much it would take. Like in the in the like when you're saying overpaying, are we talking like an overpay to me would probably be. Fultz plus Dario plus Robert, Robert Covington plus uh, the Sixers own pick plus the 2021 20, unprotected. Like maybe <sighs> you could get by with like one of those picks or take one of those players out of the equation. But if you have to, if you're going to call an overpay all of that, that's a lot. You'd have to have some assurances. Yeah, now, would you do it without any assurances? The question is, do you think Fultz can be an important guy and a contender next year? They they know way better than we do, right? I think it's I saw I think I saw this morning that he wasn't gonna be at Summer League. He's not playing. I think in that's League. insane. I, I honestly I think that's insane. I think that's a terrible idea not to have him at Summer League. He should absolutely be there and he should be getting reps and getting his confidence up. You know. He he should be the centerpiece of a trade if they're gonna get Kawhi. If they don't feel like even comfortable enough studying in the summer league, then maybe they know something we don't, but I, my feeling is Covington has to be in it. Then it's Covington, Sarge, Jair Smith, the Miami pick, and then maybe Philly's pick in 2021. You even five assets. That's yeah. And is that enough, or does San Antonio say what happens if they say we also want folks? Now, then that probably tips it too much, you know. Obviously, but they're competing against a Laker team that. They could do Ingram. I think Kuzma. I'm not sold on his time, but I have spinning else. I actually think Lonzo, they could spin into a third team and unprotected picks. I would rather have the unprotected picks from the Lakers because one of these years, LeBron is just not going to be LeBron anymore. And if you have their 2021 pick and he's not LeBron anymore, that actually might be a great pick. Philly, I think, is pretty much a sure thing to be competitive the next five years, even if it bead has uh, has some injury stuff. They still have Simmons, and he's still going to be one of the best 10 to 15 guys in the league. So, you know, I would rather have the Lakers picks. But, yeah, I think there's some urgency. It's too bad you don't have a GM, Gonzo. <laughs> it would be really nice to have a GM. I think it would probably help them. Um, I, like, part of me, I'm torn. Like, I, I, I 1,000% think they need more. I would love to see Kawhi as the more. Uh, but then I ask myself, at what cost? And... Like, do you have to pull a Sam Presti situation where you're just going to bet on yourself and your organization and you're going to gamble on acquiring the player without any assurances? Or are you going to get well, some that, assurances? So that's the key thing. Yeah, yeah. That That's the... If they feel like there's not a guarantee he's going to stay, then I would scrap it. Because I felt the same way about the Celtics. Like, yeah. the Celtics and Sixers are set. They're going to be really good. 
and they have a future and they have more assets and picks coming. I wouldn't jeopardize that with somebody who might not stay. And I, I really think the Paul George thing was total fluke. And Presty was getting congratulated for yesterday, and rightly so. It was really risky, but they did that to try to convince Westbrook to re-sign an extension, right? Or to sign an extension last summer. Yeah. The Paul George trade, and it worked. And then they were gambling that after a year in OKC, he might want to stay. And that worked. I still don't think that makes it the model. I think that's a, a pretty spooky situation. I think the next time that whole sequence of events happens, the guy just leaves and you're just looking at, you know, like, oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> we gave away five assets for a year of Kawhi. And, uh, you know, if you're desperate like OKC was last year, that makes sense. Philly and Boston don't have to be desperate, and LeBron just left the conference. So I, I just think the smart move would be to be somewhat measured with it. At the same time, like, I would overpay for what a guy is worth in the last year of his contract. I would not put Fultz in the deal unless he was the centerpiece of it with, you know, maybe two other assets. And if that's not enough, then don't you agree? Like, yeah. at, at that point, it's just too risky. Well, I, like I said, I think they definitely need more, but my, yeah, my hesitation is when do you get the more? Because, uh, and Chris brought this up at the top of the show and we talked to him where he's like, look, you know, you could just wait and roll that space over. You could bring JJ back on another fat one year deal and, you know, roll that space over and there's going to be a, a bunch of really good free agents hit the market again next year. And then you take a shot at the, at it then because you're right. Like my one inclination is, Yes, you do definitely need more. On the other hand, you don't have to force it. And and your comparison to the Celtics, I think, is very apt because the Sixers have a lot of assets that they could throw at the Spurs to try to pry Kawhi away. But nobody has more than the Celtics. And you don't see them going, yeah, we're just going to unload those four first round potentially picks in 2019 and throw them at the Spurs and go, just give us Kawhi and we'll figure it out because they don't have to. Right now, it's the, the it's their Eastern Conference. They are the heavy, heavy favorites to get out of it next year and for the next few years. So I think like right. you have to balance it well, between grabbing somebody and just being smart for the future. I think it's easier for Philly to make the trade though. Because the, the problem with the Celtics with Kawhi is that they have these super expensive contracts or these tiny contracts. Yeah. And they don't... Philly can very easily put together anywhere from $16 million to $30 million to take either Kawhi by himself back or to take Patty Mills or whatever. Boston can't do that. Like It's, it's like their options are Gordon Hayward and the Kings pick, Kyrie and the Kings pick. Like Got to be thinking that way or just or Jalen Brown has to be in the trade with picks. And that's just too much for them. I think the problem for the Sixers is that Boston has a better team right now. So when I was talking before about the window for Philly and about how, how dangerous it is to just give away years, like Boston, I would say, from a roster standpoint, is not a prohibitive favorite, but definitely if you had to bet your life on one of those two teams to make the finals, you bet on Boston. I think Philly has a chance to swing that. The problem is a lot of these guys signed already, and that's what I was talking about before with the urgency. Yeah, If they want to compete for a title this year, they have to turn that cap space slash some of these assets into something, whether it's Kawhi or something else. I don't really know what else is out there. Not a lot. You, you know, we have, it's like merry-go-round, and the merry-go-round stops, and you look around, and it's like, oh, all right, Kent Bazemore. 
Ken Bazemore isn't swinging the Celtics Sixers series. No, he's not. So, Neither is Mario Hazonia. Now a new Nick. I mean, who are you going to get now? What a, that was sad on Twitter. Like you read the LeBron to the Lakers, and then it's like Knicks have signed Mario Hazonia. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. <laughs> the Knicks at least could look over at the Lakers and, and they were kind of their partners in big market incompetence. Mm-hmm. And now the Lakers have pulled off this LeBron thing. That always but makes me feel better when I look up and I know the Sixers didn't get anybody, but at least they're not the Knicks. Who is who is the third team in the East right now, in your opinion? I mean, you'd have to say that it's still Toronto, right? I mean... Toronto still has, unless they start like moving pieces around the board, they said it, Masai said that everybody's available and, you know, maybe they decide to detonate their team. But for me, it's probably them. I mean, like, unless somehow the Wizards go and figure out a way to sign and trade for Boogie, I I don't know. I mean, like, I think it's probably still the Raptors. Who do you think? Uh, Maybe Indiana. Maybe. Maybe the Bucks. I don't. The Bucks, freaking Ilias over. (laughs) <laughs> Man, that was wait, so when I, I didn't bring this up, but uh, when Marco and Urson both left, uh, Isaac was like, that's a big bummer. And I'm like, I don't know. That's fine. Yeah. They, you know, there's a reason they bounced around. Exactly. I think when they're, when the February guys, it's one thing. It really seems like Milwaukee chose Ilya Sova over Jabari Parker was my interpretation of that, which I was surprised by. I was, just as an Eastern Conference um, fan, I was really worried Indiana was going to use that cap space to sign Marcus Smart from the South, but even scare Aaron Gordon. Yeah, Aaron Gordon. And they just went all in. They went all in right away on Doug McBuckets. And uh, I was relieved. I'll put it that way. I guess you're right, though. I guess Toronto, by default, is kind of one of the top three teams in the East, and maybe not having LeBron in the East will be you know, good for them. And that's somebody that they could never get past. But that team just feels like damage goods to me. That sweep was so, so brutal last year. And Lowry seems like he's going in the wrong direction. Lowry, by the way, is the possible Sixers. Yeah. I've heard that too. Uh, that maybe Lowry would be a guy that they could upgrade at the point guard with if they're not sure what they're going to get out of faults. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. I wonder how much like you have to get, uh, give to get him, but you know, I I just think like if you're the the Raptors and yeah, you're probably tired of the status quo. On the other hand, and I checked on this, can't get swept by LeBron if LeBron is not in your conference. So that's a positive. Right. It's impossible. Yeah. Because he's in the it. other conference. <laughs> you can't do it. But uh, if it, if the Raptors, you know, they have pretty bad luxury tax bills, they just want to get off Lowry. Yeah. And turn that team, you know, a little bit, put the team. I like Van Vliet. Corral Bob was on my podcast Friday. It was just like having an orgasm out of Van Vliet. <laughs> I wasn't against it because I, I really thought he was good last year. But if they decided, yeah, we'll take TJ McConnell back and we'll take Sarge back and we'll take, uh, you know, some protected first and the big list expiring and you can have Kyle Lowry. That would be pretty interesting. And I, I wonder, like, I, my point is, I think the Sixers... We'll use that cap space because they're seeing the same thing we're saying that, that they have a chance to make the finals next year. You can't, you can't have a bunch of, you can't have Zaire Smith and Markel Fultz and all these dudes just not ready to be in an Eastern Conference Finals game when you're this, when you're as close as they are. So they got to figure out what to do. And 
you know, the good news is you don't have a GM. Yeah. The, uh, as of yet, unnamed GM is going to figure it all out. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Maybe they do get Kawhi. As long as you guys don't get Kawhi, I'm happy about it. Uh, who do you got on the podcast? We're not getting Kawhi. We, we're not getting Kawhi. I got, I stole Joe House for me for the Ringer NBA show, or for the BS podcast. You, you yeah, Joe House was coming on here tonight. I stole him. <laughs> you so did. We're going to go, we're going to go through all the free agency and, uh, I don't, I just didn't like that everything happened within, 18 hours. It was basically done. All the good stuff is over. Although I am jealous because you did steal house, uh, as is your, as is your right, but I'm jealous that you get to bust his balls about Austin rivers. So please do that for me. I am going to do that, but that doesn't mean that you can't bust his balls about Austin rivers down the road. (laughs) I'm, I'm most excited. The Laker fan friends I'm friends with. I'm most excited to send a text tonight about, making up things I've heard about LeBron's health just to get them freaked out as they're, as they're like overjoyed and July 4th coming up and it's just feeling good vibes in here. And I'm just going to basically make up stuff in text that isn't sure to torture them. I like it. I endorse it. Go do your mischief. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for doing All this. Right. All right, that was Bill Simmons. Be sure to check out his podcast with uh, poor Joe House, who's still a Wizards fan. That'll be up on Monday. And now that we've talked about everything under the sun, LeBron James-wise, we must discuss all of the other things not related to LeBron that happened in free agency. And for that, we go to the man, Justin Barrier. All right, joining me in the studio, there's a lot of uh, LeBron stuff that happened, uh, and it every, it overshadowed everything else. But to talk about everything else, we bring in one of the great editors at The Ringer here, Justin Barriers in the studio. Hello, John. Thank you for doing this, buddy. You and I worked the first night of free agency when mm-hmm. we thought the Paul George drama was going to be a lot. Yeah, we thought that was going to go until, what, Monday or Tuesday at the latest? And then not only did he, did he go, but pretty much everyone outside of LeBron signed that one night. It's It wasn't even 24 hours before everything. It feels like almost everything is already over, but Paul George is a good uh, spot to start. Uh, I wrote a piece about Paul George staying with Oklahoma City. You edited it. My take was, I guess if you're Oklahoma City, it makes sense. Of course, you want Paul George to stay. Uh, you went and traded Oladipo and Sabonis for him. Uh, you want to try to like, you know, do better than you did last year and maybe another year together with Russell Westbrook. And if you keep Carmelo and you don't buy him out, like you'll figure out a better fit. With LeBron now in the West, what's OKC, even with Paul George? Yeah, that's a great question. It's basically you're warping yourself back to last year when you put this team together. Like there's still no clear answers as to if they're an elite team. Uh, and if anything, they're just more hamstrung with the fact that their cap is just non-existent. They had to bring back Jeremy Grant and going way into the tax. And they were so excited about it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think their big issues are to come. I think they need to figure out some guys on the fringes to really make this offense work. And more specifically, I think they need a healthy Andre Robertson. I think they assume that their defense was so good with him in there that they could just roll that back, and that team will be enough to maybe get them to the Western Conference Finals, but that's a huge if. They couldn't get past, and I know that they didn't have Robertson, and you did make this point to me last night while we were putting the piece together, that they were considered, they were, I believe, uh, 10 in offensive rating, 10 in defensive rating last year, but they were significantly better, something like five Mm -hmm. with Robertson in the mix. I look at it and go, you still need more shooting. I mean, like Paul George was your best and most prolific three-point shooter last year, and he hit 37% off the top of my head at like seven and change per game. After that, it was Carmelo. (laughs) 
Like if you, if those is, if those are the guys that you have on the perimeter jacking up threes, like, is that the best way to deploy them? Do you have enough? Like clearly Russ is still going to go into Russ mode in games where it counts. Like in the very last game against the jazz, he took 43 shots and Paul George took, took 16. Like, I just wonder if like they got their guy and they're happy about it. And then they're like, yeah, we're just going to go back to playing Thunder basketball. Yeah. The two guys they signed make sense. So the guys that they can grow with are the guys that lift their ceiling up, but essentially you need their two longest uh, tenured NBA players and their two biggest superstars in name only to be different players. You need Russell Westbrook to get guys involved. You need uh, Carmelo Anthony to not only take a bench role, but also play a little bit more differently, play more like Jeremy Grant. So yeah. uh, it really is going to have to come internally. <laughs> and so if you're going to be an optimist, you could say like perhaps they can just alter the chemistry slightly, but that's a big if considering all that we know about these guys already. Would you buy out Mello? Yeah, uh, no, I would try to keep him because if you're going to spend that money anyway, right. and I'm not paying the luxury tax payments, uh, I think it makes the most sense to try to make it work within what they have because otherwise you're just kind of turning to who? Patrick Patterson? And we really don't know who he is after an injury last year, I believe. It's crazy that they're paying that much money for that team. Yeah. It's just bananas. Like, and this is, and I know, I, like, and Thunder fans got very angry at me on Twitter about my take so soon, and I can't <laughs> believe, like, we just got Paul George. We should be very excited. But my whole thing again is like, like, what are you actually getting for this price? Especially when it was only what six years ago, where you could have had, like, right now you're trying to keep together this core of Mello and PG and Russ and see where it takes you, right? Fine. Okay. But you had a better core six years ago and you didn't want to pay James Harden. And now all of a sudden you're willing to go deep, deep, deep into the tax and push a quarter billion dollars on payroll for shoulder shrug we hope we get to the <laughs> conference finals. Yeah, it's it's obviously weird as, as many people have brought up that they ended up with probably the worst of their MVPs from that era. <laughs> but I guess it makes sense in that Paul George also made somewhat of a baffling decision to go back there not only not sign a one plus one to do this weird three plus one that may work out in the long term but he's giving the thunder essentially all of his peak so perhaps they go well together in that regard it's amazing it really as was as was i will say like this okay like i get why they did it and and i've already made the points on why i think i'm not sure that it's great however i am thrilled that by him resigning, we also got this weird party in Oklahoma City where Nas was there <laughs> yes. and Sam Presti was there, like previously quoting a tribe called Quest. And they're smoking cigars, talking about that they're just about winning championships. I'm there for all of that. Yeah, I think we probably should have seen this coming, the Paul George decision, when we knew that Nas was flying in <laughs> as well. And then Russ was just coming in from Hawaii in yeah. order to greet him. That doesn't happen if he's just going to drop the mic and walk off to L.A. right after. That would have been really fantastic. Although uh, I feel bad for the Sports Center person who has to produce the third <laughs> part of the three-part uh, PG off-season story. Uh, not very dramatic, whatever comes out next. Uh, all right, so that's all the Paul George stuff. Uh, what else happened? The Rockets. The Rockets. Chris Paul signs a four-year, $160 million max. He's 33 right now. He's going to be 37 in the final year of the deal. And they lost Trevor Ariza, which I know a lot of people are going to go, oh, okay, not that big a deal. I think it is. They're a team that shoot a lot of three-pointers, and they played really good defense last year. And Trevor Ariza does both of those things, but instead he took a one-year $15 million deal to sign with the Phoenix Suns. How do we feel about the Rockets now? 
Split. I mean, obviously getting Chris Paul back is a boon for that franchise. Everything about their worldview is based around stars. I mean, Daryl Morey and Sam Hinkie worship yeah. at the same altar, and they're going to want those max players. They're the ones that make a difference. And we saw how much of a difference Chris Paul makes from that team. Obviously, he got hurt a lot. He got hurt in those two crucial games in the West Finals, but he brought them to a new level. I think franchise record 65 wins this year. Yeah. On the other hand, it felt like Trevor Ariza isn't their most important player, but he does kind of make everything work. He's yeah. that 3-4 that really unlocks their defense, allows P.J. Tucker to play the five, and while he's not really great offensively, he doesn't do a lot of things, what he does makes all those other guys better. And now you could say maybe more he can just find another one of these guys uh, in EuroLeague or or maybe there's like an underrated guy that we don't see yet. But right now, it does feel like they took a big blow and lost a bit of their margin of error against the Warriors. Yeah, and I was hoping that that's why I was kind of hopeful if if uh, I wanted everybody to go to the Sixers. The Sixers haven't gotten anybody yet. Uh, but I was hoping Trevor Ariza would land there. But if he didn't land there, I was hoping he would stay with Houston because we did see Houston when they were fully healthy really push the Warriors. And there are people who don't think that Ariza is that great. Uh, I look at him and go, he's perfect for that team. He plays really good defense and he shoots three-pointers. Well, like, what else are you looking for? I guess they weren't looking for, you know, $15 million in the attendant luxury tax hit, but they keep Gerald Green. But Plus, on that point, why couldn't they have just paid that? I don't I, know. It point. honestly just comes down to their owner, their new owner, not willing to pay the luxury tax payment, as you said. It seems a little bit of, like, penny-pinching from a, a ownership situation and a team that we assumed was just going to go for this no matter what the price was. Gerald Green, much cheaper, one year, $2.4 million. There you go. He's Not just, quite $15 million. The young guy just pushing him out of his job. Gerald Green out. Uh, KD, as we expected, commits to a two-year, $61.5 million deal to return to Golden State. DeAndre Jordan looks like he's going to the Mavericks, verbally agreed to a one-year deal, approaching the $24.1 million that he left on the table when he opted out with the Clippers, according to league sources. Uh, with Yahoo on that one. How do we feel about DJ to Dallas when, like on the one hand, like he's he was always trying to get to Dallas. They had to barricade him in a house right. to get him to go back to LA. He's not the same player he was. I like DeAndre Jordan. He's going to offer some rim protection. He runs and, uh, you know, he'll rim run and they'll throw him some lobs and that's fine. But the two main guys there, Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic, are on decidedly different timelines than DJ. Yeah, it seems like this is the closing of a story that happened in 2015. And in that regard, it makes a lot of sense, like narratively. Uh, but like you said, I'm not totally sold that DJ is the perfect player from this team. He's 30 years old, I believe, or going to be 30. He's making $24 million in a market that really there weren't many other places where he could have gone. Not a lot of centers out there. Not a lot of money. Uh, and the Mavs... Yes, I think they'll have some success with him in there, but I think I'm more concerned about the opportunity cost that they gave up in order to give him that deal. Mm -hmm. If everyone is going to have money next year, and it looks like there are a lot of teams that are going to be going after two max guys and find that there are none, yeah. it seems like the Mavs having money this year was a huge advantage in this marketplace. And instead of getting maybe two or three guys on very good bargain deals, they gave it all to DJ for a one-year run that ultimately won't make a difference because, like you said, their two best players are a backcourt that are like, what, 20 years old, if that? Yeah, yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, if it's a one-year, I wonder if like they'll try to extend them down the line or something like that. But yep. um, yeah, that's a good point, that maybe they, they just push off that money. Chris had mentioned earlier in the pod that 
you know, with the Lakers and the Sixers being in a similar situation where they had a bunch of cap space, if things don't work out, that they could just roll it over to next year. But like you said, there's going to be a lot of teams next year who are looking around going, we have money. Yeah. Who is out there next year? If Kawhi Leonard goes to a team that he likes, he's going to resign. Clay Thompson, maybe if that situation dissolves and KD wants to go out mm-hmm. and, and follow his own destiny, whatever the hell KD is doing <laughs> these days. But other than that, Jimmy Butler, you'd assume he'd get an extension. There aren't really obvious targets out there. And I think that we're going to get into a situation where there are more teams without a star to give it to than there are ones that are actually going to get one. Uh, Some other house uh, cleaning things uh, that we have to run through here in the shadow of LeBron James. Aaron Gordon stays with the Magic four years for 84. Good move for the Magic. Aaron Gordon gets paid. They couldn't let him. I mean, like there was a lot of talk about maybe Indiana would take a run at him. It always felt to me like that it just made more sense for him to stay with the Magic, and the Magic couldn't let him go. Sure. I mean, it, at this point, they have similar players in that front court in Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. I personally love what they're building with a lot of long athletes with Bamba, Bamba. Gordon, uh, Isaac. I think it makes sense no in today's No guards. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The Magic are also like, when is their timeline right now? I think they're looking to be good in maybe like five years at best. That's awesome. As sad as it is to say, because they've been rebuilding for as long as the Sixers have. Um, but I think worst case scenario, you just keep the asset. You could roll it somewhere else at the deadline or maybe going forward. I mean, Gordon is a really good player. I really like him. I want to see him in a really good situation. But for the Magic, I mean, it just makes too much sense to just pay now and maybe do something with it later. Uh, we have we don't generally do breaking news on a podcast. I'm going to run something past you right now. Per Shams, this is hilarious. Lance Stevenson has agreed to a deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. Whoa! So we get... LeBron and Lance on the same team in our backyard. I'm going to, I already go to a lot of Lakers games. I already go to a lot of Lakers practices. Uh I'm going to way more. It's incredible. I mean, I spent a few months, weeks with Lance Stevenson when he was a Pelican. He had, amazing. A, he had a cup of coffee. He is everything you want him to be as a locker room presence. And by that, I mean, he'll just say things yeah. that might not make sense within the context of the discussion that's happening, but they're always entertaining. I Like, I wonder... I wonder, does LeBron even bother signing off on something like that? Because, like, you know, they've had those really super weird interactions in the past. Sure. Uh, most notably when uh, Lance Stevenson whispered sweet nothings into LeBron's ear in the playoffs, and LeBron just sort of shook it off. This is going to be a hell of a locker room next year, no matter who ends up in it. I mean, listen, you just neutralize the threat. Lance Stevenson is the <laughs> LeBron stopper. I mean, they might as well go out and get the Sean Stevenson at this it's point. It's perfect. Uh, okay, other other things that happened in free agency since it started on uh, Saturday night slash early Sunday morning. Mario Hazonia, Danny Chow's favorite to the Knicks. Yes, love it. It's perfect landing spot for him. Sure. I mean, the Knicks, I mean, they're essentially going to punt next season. Mm-hmm. It seems like Kristaps will be back around New Year's at best. Yeah. So at this point, just take your flyers with whomever possible. Uh, there's a lot still in there in Mario Hazonia. He showed a lot toward Let the back cook. end Let him of cook. that magic season. Uh, they paid a, a pricey sum for him. I believe it was a $6.5 million over one year. Sure. <laughs> but like, <laughs> all of a sudden, this guy is just getting paid and doing it on a big stage. And that's my point I want to make here. Mm-hmm. This guy needs a stage, and there's no bigger stage than Madison Square Garden. Uh, congratulations to uh, Jason Concepcion, who must be very excited about it. I will say, uh, I was... Before Hazonia came to the NBA, a massive Hazonia fan, I'm still holding out hope because 
there are certain players who need big stages. And Hazonia, when he was playing in Europe, when he was playing for Barca, has always been one of those guys who is like an attention seeker, put the spotlight on me. There was a famous quote where, where a reporter had asked him, hey, have you gone to see Messi play yet? And he was like, yo, let Messi come see me. And I was like, what? I want this dude. So maybe he goes to New York and like becomes that you know, outsized personality. That would be excellent. I just want to see the moment where he runs up against Tim Hardaway Jr. and there becomes a Spider-Man point at each other I meme going it. on. Because there's going to be a lot of shots jostling going on throughout that entire it's season. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, also fantastic, Tibbs just cannot quit his old guys. <laughs> Derek Rose uh, finalizing a one-year deal to return to Minnesota, according to ESPN. Sure. 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 Okay. Uh, Will Barton <laughs> stayed in Denver four years for 54 uh, for the Nuggets, according to Yahoo. He'll have a player option on that back end. That's a good move for the Nuggets. Nuggets still kind of locked into this team. Yeah, I like the move. I like Will Barton. Uh, it seemed like he was going to get interest from a few places, maybe the Indiana Pacers. I just don't know why they're in such a rush to commit to this team right now. As we saw last year, they're not a surefire playoff team. Mm -hmm. And as things start to pile up here over the past couple hours, it seems like the West is going to be more deep than it is uh, anything else. And so I do wonder if they're going to get to the end of the season and maybe they get the eighth seed or somewhere around there and they'll start to wonder why are we paying like a quarter yeah. of a billion dollars for these guys that don't play defense. They can have a powwow with the owners from OKC. They can all get together. <laughs> there can be a summit. It'll be wonderful. Uh, what else happened? Devin Booker got pissed off because, <laughs> <laughs> because the Suns cut his buddy Tyler Eulis without telling him. Listen, I get it. Friendship is important. Uh, there's literally nothing that he could do about it. Like he has another year on his deal before he hits restricted free agency. So the worst he could do is take the QO, QO next summer and then play through that. And so, uh, sorry, Devin, you kind of have to deal with it. Bummer for him. Uh, one more for you. Rudy Gay, one year, 10 million, stays with San Antonio Spurs while they're trying to figure out what's going on with Kawhi. Yeah, I get it. It's a good deal for Rudy Gay. I think he was more effective for that team than people realize. On the other hand, I don't know which way the Spurs are going. And some of their signings, this one and Marco Bellinelli, seem to indicate that they're going to still try to do the pop, like, let's go for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. This worked last year sort of thing with or without Kawhi. And I'm a little bit worried about that. I'm a little bit worried that they don't see the writing on the wall with this team. Yeah, at some point, like... On the, on the one hand, I look at the Spurs model and go, they're the Spurs. They're going to figure it out. They're going to, sure, they bring Marco back and Marco will be in there. Rudy's back and they'll just do their Spurs thing. On the other, I go, like, maybe, yeah, maybe they're sort of in denial about, like, we might have to hit the hard reset on this, especially because Kawhi doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get to the end of the summer and Kawhi will have signed the Supermax and this team will make more sense. Right now, they're very much in a state of flux. How do we, before I let you go, is this it? Is free agency over? Or did like did we get through all the fun stuff? Basically, it's pretty much Clint Capella and Boogie Capella. Cousins. Yeah, that's right, Boogie. Okay, so you so you were in New Orleans for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you're the Pelicans, like I always felt like it made more sense after what the Pelicans gave up to get him that he just resigns there, especially because you know they're inclined to keep him for those reasons. But beyond that, like if you're another team, are you willing to risk? 
real money or years on Boogie, a big man coming off an Achilles injury? Like, what would you do if you're the Pelicans? Yeah, and his options are slowly thinning out here. I think the Lakers, as Kevin O'Connor reported yesterday, were definitely interested, mm-hmm. and I had heard similar things. Uh, but then they went out and paid Contavious Caldwell Pulp, another clutch sports guy, $12 yeah. million for next year, which is going to significantly cut into their cap space. So outside of a sign-in trade, I think the Pelicans just won the the LeBron James signing or are among the yeah. winners of the LeBron James signing. It makes a lot of sense to bring him back if you're in New Orleans because they can't do anything else. They have a little bit of cap space if he doesn't come back. And you have Rajon Rondo, Darius Miller, guys you need to bring back from that team. Now, on the other hand, I do think there are some long-term issues that could arise from Boogie on a make-good deal. Not only is he recovering, but he tends to be a little bit of a sourpuss in the locker room. I don't know if you've heard this before. (laughs) Um, And I think that has an effect. And I wonder if him basically being on, let's say he signs a one plus one, which is a contract year followed by potentially another contract year, if he might start to have an effect on the team that they don't necessarily see coming. I think that's the worry. So now we just wait on Boogie, and uh, that's and then it's summer league, and then it's off to Vegas. Right, we get to see Luka Doncic, and then all will be right. Luka, and all will be right. All right, you uh, you are very busy. You have many things to edit. We'll be and you'll be back this week for group chat and all that other good stuff. So be sure to check out Justin Barrier uh, and everybody else. Justin, thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Justin Barry. I want to thank him. I want to thank Bill Simmons. I want to thank Chris Ryan. Great to have Isaac Lee back. The NBA show will be here uh, all week. Schedule on that is TBD, so just be on the lookout on your podcast feed. We'll have the Bill Simmons podcast, of course. He'll be busting show House's balls because the poor guy is still a Wizards fan. And we're going to have a ton of content from Summer League, so you're going to want to check out all of that, as well as Ringer FC, which will be continuing every day while the World Cup is ongoing. Uh, NBA show will be back. Uh, It'll be back next Monday. I, however, will not be back next Monday or for the next couple of Mondays because I'm going to jump on a flight with my lovely wife. We're going to go on vacation for a little while, but eventually I will return to the fold. Uh, But in my absence, there'll be other shows with other people and you'll enjoy those. But I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening to this particular podcast. Isaac and I are always super thankful and grateful that you do that and we appreciate it. Bye.